Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. This weekend, I'm doing a one-off talk that I've entitled, you can throw this up there, it's entitled Practicing Our Faith. And uh, you've probably heard me or, or Andrew, Heather, you've probably heard many of us say that one of the main reasons why we gather together in small groups during the week or here as a church family on the weekend is to practice our faith. Like the Christian faith isn't just, it's not just more information to sort of file away in your brain, but the Christian life, what it means to be a follower of Jesus is everything that the Bible teaches us, the, the plan is to put it, uh, to put it into, uh, into practice. And so uh, when we gather, we practice our faith. And so for this weekend, I primarily want to talk about the part of our gatherings that we call ministry time. Okay, and I'll, I'll explain that as we go. But uh, we believe that God is actively always with us. Do we believe that? Ooh, do you believe that? I'm setting you up. Okay, that's good. Ooh, it's going to be good. So that's true. And, and so think about that. If we believe that God is actively here, that means when we gather, really what we are practicing is we're practicing responding to his presence. So I'm doing a sermon. I'm talking. So you're, you're, you're listening with, with, your, with one set of your ears. But, but another thing we're, that we're learning when we gather is to also be listening to the Holy Spirit because he's actively working in the room. And so there's a good chance that I might say something where the Holy Spirit will say, that's for you. You need to write that down. Or maybe that's for your friend or that's for this situation. So when we gather, we, you know, we practice uh, responding or learning to uh, respond to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we also do that in our times of worship. Like, just think about that. If we really, and this is, this is kind of a strange part, but when, if we really believe that God is here with us, well, then how do you respond to the King of all kings? Well, you, you bow, you know, you sing, you clap, you, you know, all the stuff that the Bible teaches you, you know, uh, you shout, you dance, you just, I mean, there's just so many different ways to express our, our love and our gratefulness to the King. So when we gather together, we, we practice responding to his presence in worship. And then when we come to the ministry time, uh, it's in the ministry time where we make uh, uh, space, it's, it's especially for us to respond to what God is doing, you know, during, during the service as we gather, gather. And the primary way that we respond here in the vineyard is we, we pray for each other, right? And we, we believe that prayer is really powerful because of who we're praying to, because of who we're inviting to come to this person, you know, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit to my brother, come, come to, uh, to my sister. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, another part that's one way of responding. Another part of the ministry time, normally before we pray, and this, is, this might be the part that is a little challenging for some of us, but we have a time where we, we make the opportunity for people to share words, pictures, thoughts, things that, uh, well, you, you've probably heard us say this at the end of most of our, of our talks before we go back into worship. We say something like, hey, uh, during worship, if you think that God has given you something that might be for, for someone in the room or for the, or for the greater group, uh, please come over here to one of the pastors and share that with them. But again, I say that you, that you think might be for someone in the room because we're practicing. We're practicing this. And so that's something that is going on in, in the ministry time. And I know that we have uh, lots of new folks in the church. And I know I've talked to some that they're like, yeah, that whole ministry time thing is a little weird. 
it's a little strange. And I also know people that have been in this church for years that would say, yeah, if I'd be honest, it's a little strange. It's a little, it's a little uncomfortable. So my hope uh, tonight is I'm going to look at some scripture and, uh, and I think be very practical. Um, but my hope is really to normalize, normalize ministry time. That it would just be, it just would be, you know, the normal Christian life. Because I 100% that we gather here on the weekends, we gather during the work, the week in small groups, we gather in these safe environments to practice our faith so that we can take our faith out there. We can take it to where we live, to where we work, and to where we, to where we play. So let's pray, and then uh, we'll jump in here. So Lord, I am just so aware tonight, uh, I just have this, I've had this sense all day of you just kind of, you anticipating tonight for what you want to do. Lord, we confess that if you don't lead the way, we, we're lost. So would you come, Holy Spirit, and just fill this room and just be personal with each one. Just come, teach us something new uh, about our faith, practicing our faith. Teach us something new about following you. Uh, we welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to start off by saying this, like, uh, and I've said this before, but I was raised in the church, <clears throat> and I would say up until my late teens, I would say that my understanding of the Christian faith was summed up in this quote. Uh, God helps those who help themselves. Have you heard that quote? That's Benny Franklin. And you know, some people actually think that that's a Bible verse. God helps those who help themselves. And I'm so glad that's not a Bible verse. In fact, what the Bible teaches is, is the opposite. Because think about what, you know, Jesus is, is called the savior of the world. Jesus isn't called the self-help coach of the world. And I'm so glad because we really need to be saved. We really need help in all of this. And so growing up, I was... I would say I was pretty sure that God was with us. But if I was honest, I would say, and I think many of the people I knew in those days, like I would say that I question how much he wanted to actually help us. Because it's sort of like God helps those who help themselves. And so I really, you know, so much of my Christian life was, uh, it was more on me to figure things out. And, and that, that mindset really played into our prayer life. And what I mean is, you know, if, so on the weekend, if we would go to church, and if you shared a need or a struggle with someone, like it was a pretty common thing to say, oh man, thanks for sharing that. I'll, pray. I'll be praying for you. And that means, you know, this week while I'm at work, if God reminds me, I will definitely pray for you that God would help you in that situation. And that's, that's awesome. Prayer is always, always a good thing. But looking back, I don't, I don't know if I ever saw someone pray for someone right then and there. In fact, the, I would say the only memories I had of people laying hands on someone uh, you know, in the moment, in a service, would have been like some over-the-top, real slick televangelist on TV, and they're like smacking people, and, and that, is not, that is not a good example of how to pray. Uh, but then when I was 19, my oldest brother said, hey, you need to check out this new church in town, and it's called The Vineyard. And I thought, that's a weird name. Uh, for a church. And, and so I went with my brother <clears throat> and I walked in and it was really a lot like this. He had a full band and I'm like, Ooh, I, I like the music here. And then someone got up and gave a message and I thought, wait, I like this. It was very biblical, very practical. It made sense. But then they did this thing called, <clears throat> called uh, ministry time. And that's when it got weird for me. 
And, and it got really uncomfortable because literally I'm sitting there and all of a sudden all these people got up out of their seats and walked forward and just filled the front of the church. And, and what they were doing is they were responding to God's activity in the room. They were responding you know, to something that was in the sermon or maybe someone had a word of knowledge or maybe someone said, hey, I think someone here has a, you know, a painful shoulder, or like you know, something for healing, specific or general, or like a picture, like all this kind of stuff. They were responding to that and so they came up and then I'm watching that thing, and that's kind of weird. And then a bunch of other people got up, walked forward, and started to pray for them right in front of us. It was just like, it was so strange, because it was almost like, hey, hey, you know, get a room. Like, it's like, because it was so, now that's, and I mean that. It was just, it was like, that's an intimate thing. And they were just doing that all in front of us. They were praying uh, for people. And, and again, it was like, ooh, that's kind of weird. And after a few weeks, someone said to me, hey, you need to just walk up there during ministry time and just observe. Just walk around and look and listen. And so, you know, next week and I go up and I just started walking through the people. And, and again, it was, it was strange. And, and, but what really stood out to me was I thought, wow, something very otherworldly is going on here. Because like, it, it was not a hyped up environment. In fact, the people praying, it was very gentle. There's no shouting and no, you know, smacking people or, or anything strange like that. And, and many of the people, not all, but many of the people that were getting prayed for, uh, you could, there were physical reactions to God's presence. And that was so strange. Like you'd, I was looking, some people would be crying. Some people would be shaking. Their body would be shaking. Some people, their eyelids would be going like fluttering way too fast. You couldn't do that. Right? Or some people would be swaying back and forth and some people would just fall on the ground. And the weird thing was, it wasn't like the people praying for them. Was, there was no manipulation going on. Because I was watching those people and they were just pretty much, you know, hand on the shoulder and they had their eyes open because they're, they're watching what's going on. And they were just praying simple prayers like, come Holy Spirit, more Lord, more of your presence. Or, you know, or uh, Lord, we just bless what you're doing right now in this person. And that, that was my introduction to a vineyard ministry time. And, and over the years, what I've learned is that I would say from day one in the vineyard, uh, one of the foundational beliefs for us as a movement was that, you know, Jesus didn't just come to earth to declare, to declare that the kingdom of God was breaking into the kingdom of this world. He, he, he came to declare it, but he also came to demonstrate it. So it says this, uh, Matthew 4, 23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. <clears throat> news about him spread as far as Syria. And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, just imagine this, he healed them all. Right? So that, that is a foundational belief in the vineyard. Right? And that, that totally emphasizes our practice. Jesus didn't just talk about it. He, he followed up what he said by actually doing it. And in the story of Jesus, no, you know, it's like, obviously, it drew a huge crowd. You know, thousands of people were following him around. And, and out of that group of people, Jesus chose 12 you know, 12 <clears throat> disciples, 12 men to come follow him. And basically, hey, come follow me and I'm going to teach you to do what I do. Because, well, to them and to us, because, because the next step is you're going to do this too, 
right? And so just imagine being one of the disciples. Like uh, every day would be uh, like a kingdom field trip. I mean, could you imagine walking around with Jesus thinking like, this guy is crazy. Like healing people, <clears throat> delivering demons out of people, you know, just with words of encouragement to the poor, the needy, like just, he was just incredibly active and always doing stuff. But what, what they started to notice after a while is he didn't always do things the same way. And what I mean is, you know, if, if I was a disciple, I think, you know, I, I just try to imagine if you're following Jesus, they all had their iPads. I don't know what they call them then. Their Israel pads. I don't, okay, I, sh I should just stop there. But they all had their iPads and they're going, okay, today the master is teaching us how to pray for blind people. Like, I'm, uh, this isn't from the Bible. I'm making this up, right? Just in case. So it's like, okay, uh, okay, he's walking up to this guy. Oh, he said, be healed. That's what you, you say, be healed. Oh, wait a sec, cross that out. This time, oh, wow, he just said, see. That's pretty cool, see, see. Oh, wait, oh, wait a minute, cross that out. Now he's spitting in the dirt. He's mixing it up and he's wiping it on the guy's eyes. That is not gonna go over well once COVID-19. Like, but, but it's like, and it's like, oh, oh, cross that out, cross that out. Now he's actually spitting in someone's eyes. And it's like, have you, have you read the Bible? It's just bizarre what, what Jesus does. And just try and imagine being the disciples following him around and trying to figure out the formula of how to do what Jesus did. And I believe <clears throat> that the randomness of his technique was meant to teach them and us something way more important than just a formula. Because you know, it's sort of like the disciples, they'd get to a point where they just go, okay, Jesus, please, Jesus, could you, could you teach us how do you know who to pray for and how do you know what to pray for them? Here's his answer. John 5, 19, Jesus answered, what I'm about to tell you is true. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. What the father does, the son also does. Like this, in the vineyard, this is like the... The big, this is the big verse. Because if this is true, like this is crazy. And what I mean is, think in the context of ministry time, in the context of, of you and I practicing our faith here, taking it home with us, like this is super encouraging that Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, the King, you know, the, the Savior of the world, I mean, he basically is saying in this verse, he's saying, yeah, you know what? Uh, you see all this cool kingdom of God stuff uh, that I'm doing? You know, all these healings and deliverances, all, you know, miracles, all this authority, all this stuff. Hey, you know what? I can't do it on my own. I need help. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Aren't you Jesus? Yeah, I'm Jesus. And I, I need help. I can only do what my father shows me. That's the example of Jesus. I need to be led as to who and, and to how to pray, etc. And I think, I think another way to put this is that Jesus is teaching, it's, it's way more than a formula. Really what he's teaching, what he's, what he's modeling to us is it's a relationship. And isn't that awesome that God would say, no, 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 no. I don't want you just to learn three steps. I want to be friends with you. And I want you to follow the example of Jesus, which basically is, you just spend, you know, every minute of the day, every, you know, when you're awake, you're always in tune, learning, growing to always be in tune with your father. And you just live in life. 
And, it's, and the responsibility is on him to show you what he's doing. So just imagine Jesus is, you know, he's walking around and, and this is a story in the Bible. Could you imagine he comes, Jesus walks up, there's a huge crowd of people and God says to Jesus, hey, uh, son, <laughs> over. No, he says, hey, son, <laughs> thank you. He says, uh, do you see that? See all those people, all those hungry people? You know, and God's like, I've counted them. There's 5,000 men uh, plus women, uh, children and pets. And and just imagine Jesus like, oh yeah, okay, I see him, I see him. Hey, uh, I want to demonstrate my kingdom to all these people and I want to blow your disciples' minds. So tell them, tell the disciples to feed all these people and then just follow my lead. Like, okay, I'm being a little silly, but I don't think I'm being, I don't think I'm way off. Because the father was showing Jesus, he was showing him what, uh, what he was doing. And again, this is so important for us today. Because if you're listening right now, and if the thought of praying for someone, if the thought of listening to God and hearing from him or sensing his nudges or his guidance, his direction, all that stuff, if, if, if that is something that really stresses you out and you think, oh, I, I can't do that, I just can't do that. This is, I have good news for you. God says, I know you can't do it. I know that you, it just, like it, it, I know that you struggle with that. You wouldn't be human if you didn't struggle with it. I know that you do. You need help. That's why my boy, that's why Jesus has set the tone. Even he needed to be led and empowered to do the kingdom work that God had for him to do. And so we're not alone in this. God wants to help all of us as we practice our faith. So then we get back into the story. You know, Jesus has trained the disciples and many other followers. And then if you're familiar with the flow of the story, now he's getting ready to leave and go back, uh, back to heaven. And the disciples are like, wait a minute, you can't leave. You just made it clear that we can't do this without you. Why are you going to leave? And Jesus goes, oh, uh, it's actually better for you that I go because when I go, my father will do what? He'll send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come live inside of all my followers. And he will, besides many other things, he's going to show you what the Father's doing. The Holy Spirit will, will you know, lead you in the how and the who and the what. And I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in all this. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So isn't that good news? We are, not, we, aren't, we are not only called into this. God has uh, so equipped us for the task. And so in the story, Acts 2, whew, the Holy Spirit falls and he fills, you know, fills all these followers of Jesus. And then the primary way that he works through the church, the early church, is through spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And here's another thing that's really encouraging to us today. When you look at the story in the Bible, uh, just like we're having to, to learn all this and practice our faith, well, so did the early church. Uh, in a letter written to a young church in the city of Corinth, Paul says this, uh, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, when you weren't following Jesus, Somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. <clears throat> Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, 
but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Okay, that's, there's a lot in that. But, but in the context of what we're talking about tonight, there, is, there are some really, really important things that we can learn from that section of scripture we just read. Right, because I mean, I love that Paul says, hey, you know, I've been hearing some pretty weird things about you and spiritual gifts. So you, you, let me teach you something, basically. And, here's, and let me, here's the first point that we can learn from this text. Letter A. Just because you're a follower of Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you automatically understand everything. You still need to learn. You still need to be informed. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know about you, but to me, that's incredibly freeing. Oh, Okay. So I guess this side of heaven and maybe on the other side too, we're, still, we're going to be learning, uh, learning all this stuff. And then, you know, Paul was saying to him, hey, remember when you were pagans, you know, you got, you got led into some pretty weird stuff. And, and, and so he says this, letter B, here's another thing we can learn as humans. It was always God's plan that we would be influenced and led by someone greater than us. But understand that there are opposing forces out there. And so Paul was pointing out like, hey, yeah, you got to be aware there are other voices. And I think that stirs up a question that uh, maybe some of you are asking right now. It's like, okay, I think I'm tracking with you. But in this whole thing of being led by the Holy Spirit, how do I know when it's just me? Because I got a pretty active imagination. Or how do I know when it's me? Or how do I, how do I know when it's, when it's the Holy Spirit? Well, you'll notice in verse three, he said, you know, therefore I want you to know no one who is speaking by the spirit of God can say Jesus be cursed, right? Or in order to say Jesus is Lord, it's by the Holy Spirit. So letter C is when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we can be confident that the Holy Spirit will not contradict the word of God. He will not lead us astray. Does that make sense? Like there's a certain, I mean, so, so as we're practicing our faith, let me, let me get real practical. You know, like in a little bit here, we're going to go back into worship. So let's imagine during worship, all of a sudden, you know, you're just singing a song and all of a sudden, whoom, this thought just intersects your mind or a picture. It's like, hey, what? Or, you know, a scripture or something just comes to your mind. And you're like, hey, I wonder if that's God. I wonder if that's God speaking to me. And, and so here, here are some really helpful I guess, filter questions that, that, I, that uh, I run things through. Number one, uh, would Jesus say that? Whatever just went through my mind, right? I'm looking at somebody like, ah, oh, that guy's a loser. Yeah, I don't think that's from Jesus. I don't think Jesus would say, hey, go tell that guy he has no fashion sense or, you know, new shoes. But, okay. But seriously, would Jesus say that? I think that's a great filter. Or another one, another question would be, what you're hearing, seeing, thinking, does it sound like or reinforce any truth from the Bible? Sort of like this first question. Like, like, does it sound like something you've seen in the Bible? And, you know, I am convinced that if you want to grow in, in, in discerning or hearing the voice of God, I think you really need to grow in reading and familiarizing yourself with the word of God. Makes sense. So if, you're not, if you don't have a daily or a consistent Bible reading discipline in your life, I want to strongly encourage you to, you know, start tomorrow. Like, and we have Bible reading plans online or also at the, at the, uh, at the info counter. Uh, uh, would Jesus say it? Does it sound like a reinforced truth from the Bible? And then simply, is it encouraging? 
Because remember that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant to be for the common good. So that's, that's a pretty, you know, is it encouraging? Well, there's a good chance then that it might be God. And then in, in what Paul said in, in the passage we read earlier, he gets into, you know what? Hey, there's lots of different expressions of, of, of the Holy Spirit, gifts, service, etc. So letter D, we can also learn that there are lots of different expressions of the Holy Spirit through us. Gifts, service, workings, but he's the source of them all. Like that, I find that also, that's, that's really encouraging because that means as I look around this room, all these different people, I think, you know, it's, it's not the Holy Spirit shining through you. It's, we're not all going to look the same, right? We're, we're not all going to look the same. I think we're all wired differently and there's different gifts, etc. But, and Paul's uh, passage ends with this letter E, and this is a real vineyard phrase, but Paul says that, you know, to each one, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given. So everyone, everyone gets to play. And for some of you, that might be, yes, I'm on the team. And for some of you, are like, rats. I thought I could stay on the bench. You know, but it's like, but the truth is God has invited all of us into his, into this kingdom work. And again, that's why we gather here on the weekends, small groups during the week, because it's where we get to discover this, you know, all these gifts and to learn how to use them and, and again, practice our faith. Okay, uh, in, in Paul's letter to, that, to the church in Corinth, uh, he also goes on to say that, hey, and understand you guys, this whole thing of the activity of the Holy Spirit, like uh, you need to expect that every time you gather. It's not just like, oh, we're, we're gonna have a conference so we can really expect something big. It's like, no, no, no. Paul says it's like, whenever you gather the Holy Spirit is there and the Holy Spirit is active. That is the normal Christian life. Uh, Paul said this, uh, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. And it's simply, simply saying, hey, Whenever we gather, we can expect God's presence and we can expect his, his guidance in, in leading us through all this stuff. And, and you know, because so, think about it, it's not like when we gather together, you know, six o'clock, ding, you know, we reach six o'clock. We don't just sit here and go, okay, we're going to wait for the Holy Spirit. And I know some churches will do this. We're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to stir someone and, and then we'll start the service. And it's like, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, we don't, we, that's not our practice. We have a certain flow, a certain plan. And within all that we do when we gather together, we're just, uh, we're just trying to tune in to what the Holy Spirit's doing in the room. We're, we're, trying to, we're listening, we're looking, we're you know, just trying to be aware of what he's doing and, 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 and expecting him to lead and to guide us as we gather. So I'm almost done. Based on all that I've said so far, if it's true, right, if this is true, um, then what can we assume is going on in the room here right now? If this is true. Say some, throw some things out. He's, so the Holy Spirit's here and he's moving. Any other thoughts? There's no wrong answer. Well, there might be a wrong answer, but... But so what, what I'm, I'm, I'm pausing here because I want to, I guess part of it is I want you to get in, in, in tune with what's going on in you. 
See, I, I'm convinced every time we gather, like Jesus said this, the Holy Spirit, amongst other things, would remind us that we're, we're adopted into God's family. And so my hunch is, as I look out over the room, I'm, I'm sure for many of you, that's what's going on right now. The Holy Spirit is just wrapping you up and saying, oh, you are loved. You're not alone. Oh, I love you. Like, you know, but, but I also think for some of you, uh, God might be preparing your heart to receive something. God has something for you tonight. So as we go back into worship, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some emotions got stirred up. And for some of you, my prayer all week has been, oh Lord, would you, you know, whether it's through a word or a picture or something, I think God is going to be stirring in some of you because he has something he wants you to give or to someone in the room. Does that make sense? And that, so, so we, again, he's very active, very active in our presence. So let's have the worship team come on back. Good. Let's have the worship team come back. And so we're going to practice. And don't be nervous. What I mean is uh, we're going to go back into worship. And as we do, I just want you to, sort of like what I just said, I just want you to pay special attention as we're worshiping. And, the, you know, one of the cool things about worship is that it is meant to tune us into God's presence with us. Besides many other things, it just helps realign us with God's presence. And so just pay attention to what you're feeling in your body, what you're seeing, you know, in your mind or what you're seeing as you look around the room. Does somebody in the room stand out to you? Um, um, and again, if, if you feel like God gives you something, a sense, I think this might be for someone in the room. Come on over here. Vicky and I will be over, over here during worship. Come on up. And you know, when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, okay, look, when you gather, he, he puts a limit on how many people can give words. Uh, we won't get into that right now. But, but because we're practicing, we'll, we'll, we'll just see how many people come and say, I think I got a word. But just know that we're going to be sensitive to time. So if I say, hey, we're going to have to stop there. Please don't be offended because this, is this isn't our last weekend doing this. <laughs> In fact, we'll be doing this for a long, long time. So why don't we all stand up? Uh, we're going to go back into worship. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.